Welcome to the podcast of the fabulous Las Vegas Rotary Club. My name is Jacqueline Thornhill, and I am honored to serve as the 97th president. Our club focuses on youth, children's literacy, and we support our active duty military and veterans. We meet on Thursdays at Lowry's at noon. For more information, please visit LasVegasRotary.com or follow us on Facebook at Las Vegas Rotary Club founded 1923, where you can watch a live stream of our weekly meetings. Please enjoy this week's speaker. Great pleasure to welcome these two gentlemen from uh, Opportunity Villages. You've heard a little bit about this relationship that uh, our wonderful club has had with OV for, uh, for many, many years. I had the pleasure of chairing the, what Michael's doing now, the, the Night at Magical Forest. Loved getting up there on the, on the platform and loading the kids in the, uh, the train. Loved being a crossing guard. Uh, Carolyn Sparks, wherever she is, she and I ran the, uh, the merry-go-round several years in a row there. And I liked the hot chocolate part because you had to sample, you know, make sure that, that it was okay for all of the buying public. Um, tonight be a great event. We typically have, oh, I remember, you know, 25 folks show up to, uh, to help them with this fabulous organization that started right here in Las Vegas. Um, our relationship, again, for example, we have Steve Linder and Tom Thomas, both members of a couple of different boards. Um, this relationship goes way back, and what they do for our community we're going to hear some of the updates, some of the new stuff from behind me and on your left, my right. Adam Joseph is VP of um, Philanthropy. He's also uh, came from Texas where he worked in a family organization. He's a product of the University of Houston. And then on my left is uh, Gregory Gutenkoff, who uh, Director of Development for OV. He... Um, was a consultant with Nevada Community Foundation prior to, to joining OV and part of that development manager for the Nevada Law Foundation, a graduate of Ohio State where he got his bachelor's. So we have the pleasure of these two gentlemen to address us. Good afternoon and uh, we want to extend our gratitude and thanks uh, Jackie to having us here. Uh, this is a special day at Opportunity Village, not only that uh, because we're here with you today at lunch, but uh, many of you will be out uh, donating your precious time as volunteers at the Magical Forest. So uh, again, uh, from all of us at OV, we're, we're grateful uh, for the support uh, for, for this organization and the great work that goes on. So thank you very much. Uh, we're going to play a quick video um, to probably uh, best would be uh, help us introduce what we're going to talk about uh, this afternoon, uh, a little bit of a story. Uh, this is going to be very compelling for many of you. And then uh, Gregory Gudenkoff, who's our Director of Development, uh, will walk you through what is it like to be a client in Opportunity Village? Uh, what does the day look like uh, as someone comes into OV and uh, the experiences that they have? And more importantly, what does it mean for their family members? And that's uh, really part of the story that we're telling more often today than we have in the past because it's not only the fine work for the clients that we serve every day, but it's going to nursing school. I want to be a nurse forever. I was a little girl. Dana had plans to be a nurse. The accident cut that short. I, I was 18, and a car rolled three times, and I went to the back window. So you were in a coma for a couple months. And then when you woke up, everything was different. Oh, totally. Totally different. Come on, there's nothing I can do. You can't, you can't fix a brain injury. 
I'd accept it. Accepting that I can't where I used to be. I do new things. Even though one thing stopped, other things started. She has found other skills. That's it. Slow. And you did it. I found what I could do. Except what I couldn't. I can't have anybody. It's like having to me. Taking care of Carlos is a challenge. He's taught me patience. He's taught me to be grateful for what I can do and to help him be grateful for what he can do as well. Uno. Uno. That's right. Dos. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I've had to really learn to slow down and listen, to not finish a sentence for Carlos, not to try to help him communicate when he's capable of doing it. There are times when, just like this, there are moments when, when he wants to tell you himself, and there are other times when he'll look to me to finish an answer, but we work on that communication daily, hourly. Hourly, yeah. Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday, that's correct. <laughs> all right, John, you're gonna make the peanut butter jelly sandwiches for okay. tomorrow, all right? Okay. And there's the knife, you can spread the peanut butter. I've got your bread on one side and Leah's on the other. Okay. Leah, does Johnny make your lunches every day? Yes. <laughs> what does he put in your lunch? He puts my sandwich, my grapes, and crackers, and my applesauce. My brother and sister, Johnny and Leah, are intellectually disabled, and they're legally blind. They live with me. They moved into my home in 2012 after my parents passed away. I don't have the independence I used to have. I can't just go off and do things when I want. I have to make sure they're being cared for. So I'm up at five and I probably go to bed at midnight every day. It's been difficult. Just simple things like they're on so many medications. It takes me two and a half hours to take their medications and put them into the little Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning, afternoon. My greatest fear is that I would die before my siblings, and then what's gonna happen to them? There is such a need for places that can care for people like my brother and sister. They're so happy. It's like watching somebody that giggles so much and you can't help but giggle. Watching them happy makes you happy. Without the help of Opportunity Village, we wouldn't know how to find those potentials that we know Sean has. And he has found a home in the art department. He gets an awful lot of good glow back on his artwork. You know, I don't think there's a, a time that I go to an event, especially up to village event, that I don't get emotional about. You've always got this tug at your heart that's going on, and you always want things to be better. They need a place where people are patient, where they are cared for, they can learn. It's a lifelong fight. <laughs> and I'm not really saying, but I can be better, right? Every dollar you give helps people like Carlos, Johnny, Leah, Dana, and Sean, and their caregivers lead more independent lives. Give the gift of opportunity. Adults like Dana cannot be forgotten. Thank you very much. It's, it's important for us to share this video to start off because as we talk through what we do as an organization, you'll see a lot of these folks um, in these particular programs where they're growing and, and working on their life skills. Um, I'll do my best. 
Uh, I've actually been a, a colleague of, of Michael Gordon's for many years, and so as a former professor, I've been known to be a little long-winded. So I'm going to try to make that uh, make this quick. So one of the things that I, or two of the things that I really want you to kind of think about uh, when we go through these different programs is the idea of choice and realized independence. Choice for a group of people that have really not been able to make a lot of decisions in their lives. And so this is an organization that is really focused around allowing them to be able to have input, to be able to advocate for themselves, and to be able to hear from their direct voices to be able to make sure that that happens. And then realized independence can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. And you'll see as we go through how those two things kind of intertwine in, in everything that we do as an organization. Uh, and then the last thing before we get started is I really want to tell you that, you know, the Magical Forest is amazing. So we're very grateful for the many, many years that you guys have come out and support that event. That event, it, it, it directly ties to this, to all of these programs and services. And so, you know, I mean, we're grateful that you would be willing to do that on a regular basis. Um, <clears throat> The one thing that I think it is the most important thing, if you take away, remember that the facade, the buildings, they're gorgeous. We have a lot of wonderful things that we do. But the folks that we serve are coming every single day and taking an active role in improving their own lives. So that's, you know, it takes back to the old adage of teaching a person how to fish rather than just giving them something. And we like to be folks that teach people how to be able to be independent. So... We've been in this community for, since 1954, and so we're grateful for this community. We wouldn't be able to do what we do without it. So uh, you met Carlos, the gentleman that you saw earlier, and our friend Ted can attest that you know, he is a spryly, exciting young man. And, and you know, the idea is the folks that we serve in this particular pride program oftentimes require 24-hour care and supervision, they're very limited in their ability to be able to communicate. Um, really, what they do is work on basic life skills every day, and that means being able to feed yourself, being able to toilet yourself. Those are the things, the very basic things that they work on. And so we do that through sensory processing, physical, intellectual, and social stimulation, assistive technology training. A lot of our folks are in uh, wheelchairs. So we have technology and, and apparatuses that are able to be able to help them move and get their legs to be able to deal with the atrophy of being in a wheelchair all the time. We have community outings. If you guys have ever been to the Silverton and seen the mermaid uh, fish tank, that's one of their favorite places to go. So multiple times throughout the week, they'll be able to go and visit. We work on that communication so that they can let us know when they're having issues, when they're dealing with something that is a challenge. And we're implementing technology. We've had iPads and, and different laptops that have been donated to us that we are utilizing to help be able to get them a little bit more accustomed to be able to utilizing technology as they go. And again, we're focused on life skills, vocational training, meaningful hobbies. And so we also have, um, because many of these folks are G2 fed, we have nurses on staff that are there to be able to care for them. And uh, like our, uh, our lovely Emma Grace visits, and we have uh, the therapy dogs and a bunch of different groups that are able to come through and really be supportive of the folks that we serve. So this is one end of the spectrum, and that's where we will kind of see as we go through this, this brief presentation. 
another program that we have is the Enable program. And the visuals that you'll see are our Oki campus that we just went through about a $12.5 million renovation of that programming space to make it ADA accessible and to be really conducive, growing our space of programming by about 20% so that we can serve more folks. In this program, we're really starting to really get deep into those life skills and starting to introduce the work skills that are necessary. So here we have hand over hand prompting, so a little bit of training that we do. We have the motor skills, the essential life skills. My favorite part about this program is the folks that are in this program volunteer about 50 hours a week at other nonprofits throughout the community. So they're going to Three Square and helping build backpacks. They're going to the rescue mission helping to feed folks. Again, we are working on technology and being able to utilize these things. One of the things that, that Adam mentioned to you was not only for the individuals served, but for the family members. These day programs provide an opportunity for them to get some respite. For a lot of these folks, to be able to care for these individuals is a 24-hour job. And so to give them the ability to go to the grocery store, to be able to take a nap, to be able to do the things that are necessary for them are very, very important. And that is one of the key components of, of what we do as an organization. Um, one little known fact that probably not a lot of people know about is so we do serve adults. And in the state of Nevada, that's 22 and above. Okay, and so we found that by the time they would get to us, not a lot of people had any idea what they wanted to do with their lives. So we partnered with the Clark County School District and created the Job Discovery Program. So these are cohorts of individuals that are in high school, and what they do is each cohort travels to different training sites to be able to determine, hey, I really like working retail. I like working at the back house of the kitchen. I don't like cleaning up after animals. So they can get a feel for what it is that they want to do with their life. Again, that idea of choice. And we're blessed to be able to have a great number of community partners that we partner with. So the YMCA, uh, they train here at Opportunity Village at our thrift store. Uh, Lead Animal Foundation, uh, Project 150, the Culinary Academy, St. Rose San Martin Hospital, Three Square. And so what they'll do is they'll train at all of these different programs with the intention of getting independent community employment. We had about 120 students that went through this program last year. And if the memory serves me correctly, about 19 were able to get uh, independent community employment after their training thing. So that's something that's really important to us. Oh, and, and to take that, so they also get to do some fun stuff. So that squeezed in, there was National Pancake Day, and so they got to make their own pancakes that were then sold in the squeezed in store. So they get to do fun stuff too. Um, a lot of focus on what we do is around employment. We're the largest employer of people with disabilities in the state of Nevada, and so the training is extremely important to us. So a, uh, a training program that's a little bit more sophisticated than the job discovery program is called the uh, Pathway to Work. And so you can see our community partners. There's Get Fresh, Centennial Hills Hospital, and the Rio. And this is a highly intensive three to six month training site. So just remember that outside of the people that are training in our thrift store, all of these individuals do not report to an Opportunity Village campus. So they are direct, community involved, and this is where they go and train. The goal after this three to six month training program is to be able to get full-time or part-time community employment at or above minimum wage. 
So that's something that we take a lot of pride in and we're very excited about. They have classroom-based learning. They have real-world job experiences. So at all those different training sites, they're given five different areas to be able to train in. After a month, they get a job developer that works with them to be able to help create their resume, help work on interview skills, and do the things that are necessary that we've all had to do throughout our careers to be able to make sure that we can be successful and be able to get those jobs. So we are proud to say that we, we have a goal to serve about 40 people in this program every single year. Everyone that has completed their training has, been, has got a job in the community at or above minimum wage. So now they're out there, they're, they're being independent, they're living their best lives, and it's something that we are very grateful to be able to do. And so, you know, they're able to then be advocates for themselves as well as the programs as we move forward. We also do a little fun stuff around there every once in a while. So you guys got to meet Sean Patrick. So Sean Patrick, um, if any of you ever went to Bishop Gorman, um, he is like the mayor of Bishop Gorman. So his family has been there. He's been involved. As soon as you go to their events, you see him shaking hands and kissing babies. But before that, you know, he was very, you know, into himself. He didn't speak a lot. But we've been able to kind of bring him out of his shell through the arts. So um, dance, music, drama, visual arts, wood shop. You saw Stanley and, and Dana on there as well. Stanley is the, music, or the mentor that helps in the wood shop, and one of the things that he's most proud of after two years of creating a wood shop, of the 12 people that participate, 10 of them are women. And so he takes a lot of pride in being able to explore things. He is a little scared because now we're starting to create things that are bigger than themselves. And so he's happy to account that everybody that has gone through the wood shop training is all their digits counted for, and they go through... And they do the same safety training course that you would go through through OSHA to be able to go and work out on a construction site as well. Um, and we've been able to implement this track system. So if you can imagine a college course schedule for these folks that come in at the beginning of the day and then each hour is giving them different opportunities to be able to participate in things that they're interested in. And this track system has been so successful that we are now implementing it throughout our entire programming. So each individual that comes to Opportunity Village will have their own set schedule throughout that week of the things that they want to be able to participate and to work on. And then we have a ovation, which these are the pictures from where they do a spring uh, performance recital to be able to show you the skills that they've been able to learn. Um, one of the things that we've had a lot of challenges with is to be able to serve people in the communities in which they live. So we've created a neighborhood club, and the first one that we're going to have is in Green Valley. And the idea behind this club is to have a business front and then to be able to have training in the back. But we'd like them strategically clo or placed close to amenities, such as libraries, athletic clubs, grocery stores, so part of the training can be, all right, well, how do you create a grocery list? What's your budget? You know, those really basic things that sometimes we all take for granted for us to be able to, um, to live our lives. It decreases the travel time, it improves integration, and it's a pilot for long term. So what we expect to see is these neighborhood clubs pop over all throughout the valley 
to be able to, to make sure that we're doing that. And I believe, uh, Mr. from the uh, North Las Vegas Club, I think we're coming close to you here soon. So we're going to work on that, okay? Employment. So I talked about this is probably what you, what you really are, are used to. You know, this is, this is the place where a lot of people get the opportunity to first learn their life skills. And this is great for a narrow band of individuals who may not be the best fit for community employment, whether it is that they're growing in age or that they would need somebody there with them to go hand in hand to be able to create some of these um, the products and services. But we partner on uh, when there's folks that come in to do different trade organizations, we'll back backpacks. If you guys have ever stayed at the the Venetian, all of the little chocolates that are put on your pillow, we put all of those together. It's a lot of packaging and assembly. And <clears throat> we're very happy to, to, to know that every person that works in the Employment Resource Center has had the opportunity to work on a minimum wage paying contract. And that's something that's really exciting for us. Um, we also do a lot of community contracts, including a custodial for the Clark County Government Center the Lloyd George Federal Courthouse Building. If you guys have ever flown Southwest, we are the early shift cleaning the bathrooms there in the B, uh, B and C gates, as well as the Red Rocks Visitor Center. So this is where you probably don't know a lot about what we do. So funding, we, we create about two-thirds of the funds that we operate internally, either through business services, fundraising, investments, things of that nature. So we, we clean about four and a half million square feet of government and commercial office space, about eight million square feet of parking lot porter services. Uh, our wonderful folks at Nellis Air Force Base, we run two dining halls as well as the incoming and outgoing mail. So every piece of mail that comes to Nellis Air Force Base is sorted and put together by a person with an intellectual and developmental disability, something a lot we take pride in. So 218,000 pieces of mail in a year. Um, our our um, campus in Henderson uh, is where we have our media management program. And this is allows opportunities for a, a lot more growth in some more sophisticated type of employment. So microfilm, does anybody remember microfilm? Well, it still <laughs> exists. Okay, so we have the government contract through our wonderful board member, uh, Secretary of State Barbara Sagavsky to be able to take all of that microfilm and digitize it for the state of Nevada. She's been so happy with what we've done that we're going to go out and we're going to talk to Wyoming, we're going to talk to uh, the Colorados of the world, the, um, the Idaho's to see whether or not that we can be able to do that for them as well. We also provide shredding, so eight tons a day, document imaging and scanning, so between 800,000 and 1.2 million receipts each month. So again, really sophisticated businesses that we're working on. Some of the locations, um, these are all the different things that we do. And as you can see, for those of folks, we are scattered throughout the valley. We are touching every part of this community. And that's what is most important to us because we want to provide opportunities close to where folks live and what they do. This is a visual representation of a, a little of the programs that we talked about. So for time, I'm going to move forward a little bit. Um, one of the most exciting programs that we have right now is, for the first time in human history, people with disabilities are outliving their caregivers. 
So after having conversations with guardians and loved ones and, and caregivers, we decided that it was time for us to get into the residential game. So this will be Betty's Village at our Ingolstadt campus, which is on Buffalo. It's adjacent to our property, and it will promote independent living for people with disabilities. So we will have one-bedroom apartments where people are totally independent and living upon their own. We'll have two-bedroom apartments for somebody that needs to live with a host home individual, and then we'll have two more group homes that will be focused on individuals that have more need. We're really excited about this, and um, my boss over there would, uh, would judge me for my fundraising to say there's lots of opportunities to donate to this project if you guys are interested. But, you know, again, all we, we've gone and talked to, we've gone and visited uh, group homes throughout the entire country. We've talked to ADA accessibility consultants. So every aspect of this project is designed for the folks that are, are going to be intending on living there. So it's a very intentional community, much as we were talking about with social and recreational activities, much like you would find in a Sun City um, Summerlin, Sun City Anthem, an active lifestyle community for people with disabilities. And then the last thing we're going to kind of cover before you have any questions is we talked about the importance of allowing folks to be able to be their own advocate. We have created a position called an ambassador. And so this ambass these ambassadors, 18 of them, and what they, we do is we pay them to come out to speaking engagements like this to be able to share their story, to be able to tell what it's like to be able to work at Opportunity Village. You know, it's powerful to hear some of these stories and to watch the videos from Adam and I, but to hear it from somebody who has actually gone through it, who has had the benefit of, of being, um, you know, going through some of these products and services that have been provided. It means the world. And so, you know, here they are, you know, getting ready to have fun at a, at a baseball game. But the fact is, is they've got up and presented in front of hundreds of people to be able to share what's important to them and to give them a voice to tell them, like, I don't need someone to tell me what's best for me. I am capable. I am here. I have, I have the ability to be able to share the things that are important to me. So I know that that's kind of been a very quick run through of everything that we do. I wanted to leave some time for questions. We've got a few minutes, but I was told a, a 28 hard stop. So um, just want to thank you so much for we're, we're honored to be able to be here to share a little bit more information and um, you know, whatever we can do to be helpful, Adam and I will be available to be able to answer questions. Yes. What are the numbers you have? Is, what are the numbers you have that you presently have? Are you maxed out, or are you able to take out of staters in? So yes. So the question was, are are we maxed out? So we serve about two thousand people a year, and for a long time we were maxed out, and so that was the reason why we've we've renovated some of the programming spaces, and we're getting ready to build a new campus in the northwest to make sure that we are serving people. So we have about 106 people on the wait list for Betty's Village, but a lot of those folks are from out of town. And so, yes, we are always interested in, in taking in folks from other places. Thank you for your question. The gentleman in the back. I think what you're doing is awesome. Thank you very much. Um, related to Betty's Village, have you ever thought of doing, let's say, mixed use where there's the or does Betty's Village have that, where there's work opportunities in the same community where they're living? 
So we, we had initially started off with that with because the, the, the front facing would be off a of buffalo to be able to have some, uh, like a donut shop or, or a barber shop or something to do those trainings. Um, it took us about five years to work with the state for them to be able to give us the uh, thumbs up to be able to do this. So we'll have mixed opportunities, but being so close to the campus, we decided that we could work through those. But in that same vein, we will have intentional neighbors. So about 15% of the people living at Betty's Village will not identify as having a disability. So it may be a good fit for somebody who's going to nursing school who wants to go through that or the gentleman that mentioned he was a special education teacher to be able to have that. But yes, we, we have probably a, a larger focus in our Northwest campus of having that mixed use facility. But thank you very much for your question and, and we're honored to be able to serve the people that we do. Yes. Um, oh, she's, okay. Trying to, rapid fire. We're making it happen. It's not so much a question, but it's a comment. We had an opportunity to watch young people sing uh, from Monday's Dark. Yes. It was pretty moving because they got very excited. So thank you. Oh, no, thank you. I'm glad that you brought that up. So uh, Monday's Dark, uh, Mark Chinook puts on. And so at the, the Monday's Dark last week, Sean Patrick, the gentleman that you got to see on there, one of the things that got him out of his shell was uh, Rocket Man. So that's his favorite song. So if you go to our YouTube... Uh, channel uh, from our website. You'll get to see Sean and one of our music mentors, Daryl. Uh, this is the second time that they've performed, and they performed for the OV with the OVL vibe before. And so, the, the the thing that I like to reiterate is, for a lot of the folks that are in participating in our fine and performing arts program, they never had the opportunity to participate in the arts before. So we are seeing some truly remarkable talents coming out of there, and, and Sean Patrick, uh, his rocket man, brought down the house. So thank you for bringing that up. Gregory and Adam, if you'd come forward, please. Thank you so much for telling us all about the exciting things the clients are doing over at OV. We'd like you to come back and tell us more about Betty's Village when it's underway. I'd like to present each of you with our Share What You Can Award, which means that we're going to give a donation to the local USO in your name. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Helen. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. In the words of a woman I most admire, Amelia Earhart, no kind action ever stops with itself. One kind action leads to another. Let's leave today building connections, taking kind action, serving one another, and rejoicing in the fellowship of Rotary. Meeting adjourned. We hope you enjoyed the latest podcast from the Las Vegas Rotary Club. For more information about future meetings, membership, and our local service projects, please visit lasvegasrotary.com. Now please go out, take action, and connect the world.